Occult Confessions is brought to you commercial-free through the generous support of our patrons. Visit occultconfessions.com and click on Donate to help keep the history of the occult on the digital airwaves. Welcome to a special episode that isn't going to seem exactly like a special episode, uh, because the topic is a familiar one, and so is my very special guest. My name is Rob C. Thompson, I am the Supreme Hierophant of the Secret Order of Alchemical Actors, and my guest today is our very own Grandmaster Olivia Litterall. Hello, it's me, the, the guest of honor. <laughs> So Olivia and I talked about this, and we decided that the best way to approach this was an interview format. Now, back in 2018, Olivia was a big fan of the reptilians' conspiracy theory, so much so that she did an entire flipped episode on the subject. And back then, I said, Olivia, we should come back and do one that focuses on David Icke. And she said, sure. (laughs) Here we are. And a lot has happened since then. Am I right, Olivia? Yeah, I mean, we redid the reptilian episode. <laughs> like, to we begin, literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. That's true. And a lot has changed in the world. Conspiracy culture has changed substantially with the rise yeah. of Q and Pizzagate and all these things. Pizzagate was actually 2017, 2016, but Q definitely came about and became popular in the time since we've started this. And, and the way conspiracy culture has trended and the influence it's had on the culture has... I'm going to say grown and, and not necessarily for, okay, necessarily, and not for the best. So um, our attitudes toward conspiracy culture have shifted a bit. It's also the case that on this very show, we have, and, and this is not intentional, but we have covered more or less the entire backstory of David Icke's reptilians conspiracy theory. And we covered Zechariah Sitchin, uh, the Babylonian gods, and uh, the, the Sitchin argued that the Babylonian gods were actually extraterrestrials, and uh, that the story of the birth of the, uh, or the various mythologies of, of Babylon were in fact telling how the planet Earth formed and, and how extraterrestrials landed and interacted with humankind. We talked about Kathy O'Brien and Kathy O'Brien's uh, conspiracy, Project Monarch conspiracy theory. She believed she was a sex slave for the CIA. And she told a story about George H.W. Bush, who um, met with her at one point, or, or rather liked to meet with people generally and have a hologram of a reptile projected on top of his face. We talked about Milton William Cooper, uh, whose Behold a Pale Horse includes references to the Brotherhood of the Snake or the Brotherhood of the Dragon. Uh, this was a sort of prototype for David Icke's Reptilians. And most recently, we talked about Robert E. Howard, who was uh, the creator of Conan the Barbarian, and he created uh, tales of snake priests attacking attacking his uh, main character. And those snake priests uh, were interpolated from William Scott Elliot's book about Atlantis, which was itself interpolated from Helena Blavatsky's theories. Uh, but Helena Blavatsky, of course, as we've said many times, did not believe that there were actual literal reptilians or snake people. She used the term serpent to refer to people of knowledge, uh, spiritual beings who were guiding humankind. Uh, So yeah, at this point, we've covered everything (laughs) that informs the David Icke reptilian theory. Uh, But I didn't necessarily intend to do that when we were working on the episodes. It it just sort of happened that way. Uh, And looking back now, I realize, just as I was preparing for this episode, I realized that we've We've done it all. We've covered every everything yeah. David Icke drew on. Well, he is in part a collection of just other people. 
So I think you cited the statistic, Olivia, when we did the Archon episode. But in 2013, there was a public policy poll that was done that found that 4% of Americans believe in reptilians uh, or lizard people. I mean, right now, 2021, 15% of Americans believe there's a satanic cabal controlling the government, corporations, and the media. So it's it's just, you know, back when you gave us that statistic, I was shocked. But now today, (laughs) when we compare it to the satanic cabal theory, uh, it's just such a different world we're in. Um, So anyway, this is the long way of saying... Olivia has evolved on this topic of reptilians, and Olivia's feelings about reptilians have changed. So today, uh, I'm going to play the interviewer, and Olivia is going to play my guest, and uh, we're going to figure out how Olivia, uh, why she loved reptilians, and, and why she doesn't anymore. Let's pledge it out. We the members of the secret order of alchemical actors to solemnly commit ourselves to a full and honest telling of the history of the occult as far as we know it. Moth almost flew into my mouth while I was doing that. I was wondering what you... Yeah, <laughs> it just suddenly appeared. That's some occult shit. I'm telling you, Ike is after us today. All right. Uh, so here's what I want to do. Uh, oh, let's plug it in, Olivia, first. Go ahead. Oh, plug, plug, plug. Yeah, we actually do have some patrons to talk about, which is delightful. You know, we, we got behind a bit. We have Chris and Eli N, Frank L H, Suzanne, Michael, Devin H, and Left Hand Templar. Oh, that's cryptic, but well, I love it. All we need is Right Hand Templar and No Hand Templar, and we have the full set. We are complete. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Justified and Ancient in Canada, who says that uh, we had them at debunking the debunking of the protocols, and uh, we've got to beware of the satanic panic mob. Thank you, Justified. Mm. I hear you. Thank you. I hear mm. you. Herb Harlot asks uh, if we could have an acupuncture, or why we didn't have an acupuncturist on in our Chinese medicine episode. And I do have an answer for that. It's because uh, back then we did not do interviews at all because I didn't like the sound quality. But uh, since then, we've managed to find the right programs and we can generally get good sound quality. We also don't tend to mix formats, so we will either do a research episode or an interview episode. Uh, But we would love to have an acupuncturist on, I think, Olivia, don't you? Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, so... Herb, if you are one or if you know one, let us know. Hook us up. A couple of plugs for some friends in the community. We There's a new podcast out there, the Historia podcast, uh, who on their Insta feed or their social media today posted that today in history, which is not the day you're listening to this episode, dear confessors, but today in history, the Globe Theater burnt down, Shakespeare's Globe. So the Historia podcast, uh, Stephanie's the host, talks about the history of the world. I think just like all of it. <laughs> Wow, that's a lot. Big project. A lot to to cover. Uh, Also, Alexis Broad, B-R-A-U-D, is working on the Carnival of Creatures. Uh, So Alexis is a writer uh, with the Louisiana bookshop Tubby and Coos, T-U-B-B-Y and C-O-O-S, Tubby and Coos, Carnival of Creatures creative writing project. Uh, It looks like a lot of fun. It's got like this sort of Louisiana vibe, but very monstery and neat. Spooky. All right. Uh, By all means, join our patrons, buy a t-shirt, review us. Close up those plugs. Plug, plug, plug. All right. So here's what I wanted to do. Olivia and I have talked about this at length because this is, again, a very unusual way of approaching an episode. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to walk us through the hallmarks of the David Icke theory. 
And uh, Olivia's going to comment, and then once we've sort of laid that out, then we're going to go into why Olivia loved the reptilians theory, and we're going to figure out why Olivia's evolved on this topic. I'm using the word evolved, so I guess I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm projecting onto It sounds so, like, enlightened. <laughs> yes. I have evolved past Ike. Like you went on an Oprah episode and you, you were changed, yeah. 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 Um, did some ayahuasca, <laughs> now I'm back. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Well, kind of, right? You did that. You did that episode. You did the DMT episode. You maybe you and spent. And then I did shrooms after. So you spent time experimenting with Terrence McKenna. You researched McKenna, and he cleansed you of David Icke. <laughs> he did. I think. I think when I. I mean, McKenna convinced me. All right, Olivia, do shrooms, and then I did shrooms, and then I guess reptilians just fucking left. <laughs> now we know how to cure them. Wow. Huh. Was that easy all along? All right. Here, yep. let, let's do this. <laughs> Uh, so again, I'll, I'll just do these point by point, and Olivia, any any thoughts you have after I give the point, just have at it. Okay, here we go. Point number one: uh, What are reptilians? Reptilians are shape shifting lizard people who occupy positions of power in government and media. I'll say, if you heard our Robert Howard episode, I think it's pretty much like that. Like literally, can wear other faces. The reptilians include uh, many of the Windsors, the House of Windsor, particularly Queen Elizabeth II, George W. Bush, the Clintons, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, of course, Bob Hope, Madonna, Katy Perry, Angelina Jolie. Bob Hope is interesting to me because there was a Project Monarch book about Bob Hope. Uh, Somebody claimed to have been his sex slave. So the Project Monarch stuff often overlaps. And if you haven't heard my Kathy O'Brien episode, check that out. All right, Olivia, any thoughts on this? These are the lizard people. Uh, well, I did have uh, one thing. So fun fact, I found out that Ike actually like has a friendship with Kathy O'Brien. Like, oh, I believe they're it. Buds. Yeah. Yeah. Like she like I didn't realize because so preface, I have an 800 like page book that's like a collective that Ike says this is everything you need to know. And I was like looking in the back, like there's a index and I was looking for something else. And I was like, holy shit, Kathy O'Brien. And he has a whole a whole bit talking about well, Project Monarch in, in part, but talking about his friendship with Kathy. Yeah, I mean, so Kathy, if if, if David Icke is your complex relationship, Kathy O'Brien is my complex relationship yeah. <laughs> with a conspiracy I, theorist. <laughs> I also, uh, I don't know if I ever really understood this or made this clear, but apparently there are also like people that are like reptilian shapeshifters that don't know that they are. It, like so apparently like he was talking about like there's this one person with i don't know it had to do with project monarch i guess but uh basically say oh shit i just lost my train of thought well i mean i, knew- I did read this a little bit that you could be born one right because they're hybrids often oh, no, humans and reptilians so you know how we d- we did the whole like you know they have uh, Kathy O'Brien and those like her have like the altars and it's like the DID you, yes, and multiple personalities so yeah. There are people that claim that there are some of these people, like Bill Clinton was one of the examples. I just remember that one. I don't know why, but that he actually like doesn't know that he is a shape-shifting reptilian. Because he's dissociated. Yeah. Oh, it's so complicated. So it's like, <laughs> apparently, so like there's like another level of, which I just feel like I need to point out to point out that like there's, I don't know, Ike is just like an endless like what was the word what would the word be well it's a super conspiracy it subsumes everything right yeah i I guess that's what i'm saying like there's always i don't want to say he contradicts himself a bunch because i think he does but i guess that's an opinion part two or number two not part two (laughs) this is still part one 
Oh, here. See, this is going to be so hard. I got to keep my mouth shut more. Okay. Point number. No, you're good. Point number two. Signs you might be a reptilian in case less Olivia is saying you might not know. Yeah. But this would not help Bill Clinton. You have red hair or green eyes. I don't think Bill Clinton has those. No, you have, he is not a ginger. You have unexplained scars. You have low blood pressure. Or you have a strange mm. love of space. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, because that's that whole star seed, I think, aspect of, right? Where all these people that think they're star seeds, they think they're part alien hybrids. So oh, they like okay. love space. They're like a, very attracted to space is like one of the, the big criteria. So they might be reptilians. I don't know if that, see, that's something I guess I could, would be really interesting if I ever cover like Unicult would be to get into really really like what people that think they're a star seed like really think is the identifying factors. But yeah. Love of space. Yeah. I kind of just like open space. Space scares me. So I don't think I'm a- Like time space. Like the dimension of space. All right. Number three. Reptilians exist to suppress human potential. They are the Archons, the Babylonian Anunkai, Anunnaki, and the Enochian Watchers. So if you go back to our demonology episode, we get into that. They operate as the Babylonian Brotherhood or the Illuminati. Again, Ike likes to like swallow all the conspiracy theories out there under his. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they are a crew of reptile Aryans. Now, that's kind of an important point, I think. Reptile Aryans. He specifically uses the term Aryans. And I believe Ike is intentionally connecting the reptilians to fascism. Yes? So the Nordics are an alien race that is like what I think like other people would connect to the Aryan race because it's like the blonde hair, blue eyes. Like it is that whole like it then goes into the whole like Nazi, you know, Hitler stuff. But uh, apparently the Nordics and the reptilians are like super enemies like really at war and apparently like earth is like been the battlefield for that war for a long time is part of the and then the grays kind of get in there in and out too so they're at war with the Aryans, but there's also hybrid versions of reptile Aryans. so i guess that so i don't know how often ike really uses at least when i was reading he didn't use the word Aryan that much he he mostly uses the nordics as like because the nordics are the so i guess Aryans would more so be the people that were the hybrids okay of the nordic people on earth i think i don't i could be wrong but the nordics are like the alien race that's like the blonde hair blue eyes that i think the Aryans then descend from in some way and they make it's kind of weird too because in ike's like hierarchy there's it's it's like the demiurge is the head, then there's the archons, then there's the reptilians, then there is, so it's like not reptilians aren't at the top, if that makes sense. Oh, it's, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. I think we'll get there. You'll t- you'll you'll have to tell me. Okay. So I hope I'm like clarifying things and not making things more confusing. Uh, right now they're getting a little more confusing, but I think we'll <laughs> as we go. I think that's we'll Ike, though. I think it's like the more you read a him. couple of foundational things, and then everything depends on those. The but. reptilians created or control the UN, the IMF, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Trilateral Commission, the media. I could go on. Trilateral Commission, Council on Foreign Relations. Yeah. These are like hallmarks of most Illuminati conspiracy theories. For sure. Um, okay, so nothing, nothing to add there. <laughs> no, that's good. That's. 
Their purpose is to invoke constant fear, and they feed off of our negative energy, sort of like Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're really described as like a, like a psychic vampires. They have caused, to that end, they have caused the Oklahoma City bombing, the Dunblane School Massacre, the Columbine School Massacre, 9-11, the London bombings of 7-7, global warming... They've put fluoride in the water. They've killed Princess Diana, also JFK. Honestly, die was like the last straw. How dare you? Right? So they've done a heck of a lot of of bad things. And this is also JFK, 9-11. I mean, these are all these conspiracy theories are winding together into like super conspiracy. Reptilians manipulate the left hemisphere of your brain by broadcasting signals into the brain. Humans have to force themselves to think for themselves, as opposed to thinking with what Ike calls their moon mind. Now, the reason he calls that your moon mind is because the signals that they are broadcasting into your brains are being broadcast from the moon. Yep. Now, it's a hologram. So the tell me more about this. You, <laughs> the moon itself oh, is a hologram? God. So... I don't like, I'm not, okay, here's another preface. I am not like a space person. I'm not a science person. I struggle. <laughs> I, I just try to keep up, okay? Fair enough. But, see, I can't, what am I answering? Is see, the I'm What so, is the moon? Is the moon not so, a hunk of rock orbiting the earth that helps to keep no. the earth on its axis? So, apparently, like, and Ike got this idea because he claims people, like, that went to the moon and that were on the moon, like, said this and shit. But, essentially, the moon is a constructed, I don't think the moon itself is a hologram. I think it projects, it helps to project the hologram. It, it goes back into, like, Ike has this whole, uh, it's the whole, like, simulated reality thing. But it also has to do with this very specific part of your brain that can see the electromagnetic spectrum and shit. It's, <laughs> see, I, <laughs> we're, I'm making this so much more confusing. Okay, so the part of your brain that can see the electromagnetic spectrum, that would be outside of your moon mind? That would be your authentic mind, maybe? So, when you say moon mind, I think he, like, most... He so he calls it a phantom self. I think that's what you're talking. What I mean by moon mind is it's the projected self from the aliens on the moon. They're pushing it into your brain. You have to think past yeah. your moon mind. So it's yeah okay <laughs> okay. So <laughs> that like all relies on okay. Do we, I I don't know. Should I would I'd like to now? know more. I I find it all kind okay. of fa- the moon thing. I'd love to know more about. I I agree well, that I mean if we bring logic to it, we do need a hunk of rock to orbit the Earth because if we don't, then the Earth gets off kilter and well, we can't have so, life on Earth. But you're assuming that we're not in the Matrix, Rob. Oh so. oh, so the uh, the Earth is a material entity in space. Okay, so that's well, open no, to... nothing. Nothing is material. That's the thing. Nothing is physical. <laughs> okay. okay, so so everything is projections of the moon mind. Literally, atoms are not solid, according to Ike. Okay, well, that's kind so, of true. I mean, they're, they're yes, that that is why he got the science. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but then he he goes to the extent of saying that therefore atoms, there's no way that atoms could link together to create a solid world. Uh, so what we experience as like touch or like the senses, our normal senses, hearing, tasting, all that shit, 
uh, it's not actually like a physical a physical resistance, like two things touching each other. It's actually just two like electromagnetic fields interacting. So basically because of that, so he has this whole thing where he says the ears don't hear, the brain does. So your brain uh, is basically a computer hard drive is what he says. Well, no, I'm sorry. DNA is a computer hard drive. So your brain <laughs> essentially uh, has to process like electric like communications before your ears can is what he says, because there's a small, tiny part of your brain um, that like we basically have like no access to essentially that lets us see electromagnetic fields is like or the electromagnetic spectrum, I guess, is what it would be. Am I making sense? Am I starting to make sense? Yes. Now, when we see that, are we seeing a, an illusion? So, yes. Yeah. So, basically, then, everything around us is illusionary. Uh, that then, like, feeds into this idea, which I then am going to say is, like, one of my big qualms about Ike, is this idea of we shouldn't have an identity. Like, we shouldn't have a self-identity, essentially, is what he means by this. Fandom self is, like, all the things that our our name, our gender, our age, like, our sexuality, like, all these things that we, like, attribute to being us are bad. We shouldn't have them because they're all physical and they don't matter. It's a little bit Hindu, or Buddhist, in a way. It's a little... Transcending the ego. Uh, yeah. Another thing I'll complain about later is that he kind of just takes, 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 and then says, ah, yes, all of this affirmed everything I already believed in. <laughs> like, it's the most narcissistic... Anyway. So then the moon, I guess what I'm I'm trying to... Is that helping explain the yeah, moon Yeah, yeah, we're getting closer. A little bit better? Yeah. So then the moon, as far as I remember, it, it essentially helps to then, I guess, project this illusion, to project this whatever. Cause I, which I guess then, even as I'm saying that, I am like asking myself 50 questions in my head. So, Well, let me do something I, goofy and then I'll, I'll do one more thing that maybe will help you complete this picture. So real quick. On advice yeah. channeled to him through automatic writing, David Icke wore a turquoise shell suit to channel positive energy to counter the negative energy of the reptilians. He wore that shit for years, I think. <laughs> like, all turquoise, right? Like It was called his turquoise period, as if he was like Picasso or something. Well, it, he literally, and it makes sense, too, because he, he says that, so each of our... <laughs> All of our cells, basically, the like membranes of each one of our cells is a liquid crystal. So he then says that that is actually like acts as like a receiver when it comes to like our DNA, because he describes our DNA as basically being a computer high like hard drive, which I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably get into that later when I talk about big pharma. So I don't need to get into fair that, enough. But. So let's see if this helps connect at least some of it. Maybe it'll make it worse. I don't know. The reptilians, this is my last thing, and then we can get into the good and the bad and the ugly. The reptilians come from the constellation Draco, which is the dragon. The Draco is the dragon in the night sky. Like, you know, Gemini are the twins, and Pisces are the two fish, and Sagittarius is the horse guy with the arrow. Uh, so they come from Draco, and they have been coming to Earth since ancient times, breeding with humans and making more lizard people, but... They are from the fourth dimension. They are not from our dimension. This is the closest dimension to our own in an unfolding procession of alternate universes. We are controlled 
in our dimension by the reptilians in the fourth dimension. The reptilians themselves are controlled from the fifth dimension by somebody else, and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly like what I was talking about earlier with the hierarchy, I guess. Oh, oh yeah, getting back to the greys and all that. So they're all on different dimensions controlling or each other. Or even just the like, the Demiurge is the top, and then it's the Archons, and then the Reptilians, and I guess the Nordics, and then the Greys are the same level as the Reptilians. And then I think it's like, the bottom is like us being slave meat or something on the chart. It's like a ridiculous picture in the book. We're but... under the Nordics. Oh, we're, we are below the person's feet in the chart. We are literally meat is like our label. I think the only people above us are people like in the royal family you know, the UN, like the people that they think are like controlling the government are actually technically under the reptilians. Okay. So getting back to those people, they're not the reptilians of the fourth dimension. They are some sort of reptilian human hybrid. Right. Uh, Like some, sometimes he would suggest, like I was talking about, like at one point he was talking to someone that suggested that Bill Clinton was a reptilian shapeshifter, but doesn't know because he's like under mind control because he is part human. So like, I guess they don't, they don't give you all the freedom, even if you're Bill Clinton. I, I don't know. Right, so b- before we get to good, bad, and ugly, are there any other things you want us to know before we go good, bad, and ugly? <sighs> like to set us up. I feel like we've I, got a basic idea. I feel like um, I feel like I should touch back maybe on the DNA because. So it's a hard drive. So we are basically biological computers. Okay. And. Uh, specifically like our DNA is like a computer hard drive that Ike says that we, because we are all a part of this simulation, essentially the matrix is he literally freely uses the matrix, like constantly he quotes Neo. It's a whole thing. Um, But he basically says that you can learn to hack the system, you know, extend your lifespan or cure cancer. Like we should be able to very easily do this if we are like in tune with the infinite awareness. But, you know, he calls Big Pharma the pharmacological death cult. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. And he he literally says like, you know, the elites are keeping the info about DNA being so like hackable away from the public so that big pharma can, you know, have its wicked way is I think what he literally said. But um, well, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. I, I don't know if how if you've continued to follow him, but part of the reason he's fallen out of favor is because, <laughs> you know, big pharma, while they are often evil and do evil things, they're big corporations. Most recently, they've been kind of heroes on account of they've rescued us all from the pandemic. But Ike has not yeah. gone along with the narrative that this oh, RNA he, mRNA vaccine is a miracle of modern science. He's been like pretty much deplatformed, at least I know on YouTube and Facebook. Um, yeah, they're quite aggressive I, with the conspiracy stuff now. Oh, well, and he, you know, he fucking hates, like, uh, what's-his-face, fake Facebook dude, Zuckerberg. He believes he's a reptilian, right? Oh, 100%. But, you know, <laughs> then there's, like, okay, well, anyone that hurts you or anyone that makes you shut up, like, are they a reptilian too? Which, anyway. <laughs> so he's, his argument is that the vaccine is what? Well, I don't know. So I don't know exactly what he. Well, so I can assume his issue with the vaccine being the whole microchip angle, because Ike thinks that 
essentially, uh, so essentially the reptilian goal is, uh, and I'll talk about uh, one of the big steps, uh, which is called the transgender agenda. Uh, that's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, so he basically thinks that everyone, the reptilians are going to make humankind essentially like slowly become, uh, like unable to procreate on their own without technology. And they're basically cyborgs for all intents and purposes. Like they will become like farther and farther away from being human and more like synthetic, I guess is the word. And then eventually we all get microchipped and then we're all part of the AI system. So once we're all plugged into the AI system, we're all fucked, essentially. So I'm not going to so try must... to force logic on this too much, but we are computers, but Big Pharma is trying to make us computers. Wait, hold on. Let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so our, no. our DNA is a hard drive. Big Pharma is just giving us shit that doesn't do anything. Oh, so they're lying. His- Yes. So it's literally just big pharma is something that the elites. So anyone he says the elites. So that's anyone that's in power that, you know, is sus, basically anyone he thinks is a reptilian or hybrid or, you know, all that shit. So he says that the elites, this is just another thing that they do is they keep like the info of, oh, like we could be medical things could be so much easier because we're just computers that you can hack into we're going to keep that away from the public because if they knew that, then we wouldn't need big pharma anymore. And big pharma is such a big industry. And it, I, I think it, yeah. So in yeah, part, the answer to COVID is for him, it's all an illusion. He's like a Christian scientist in that way. He thinks that disease can be right. prayed away in a sense. Well, I don't even know exactly if he thinks, I don't know if he thinks the disease is real or not. I'm going to assume that he thinks it's a, it's a reptilian strategy um, and that the micro, like the vaccines, I'm assuming because everyone that's the big conspiracy with the vaccines right it's the microchipping that's like what people are like really like losing their shit about and so i i am assuming because microchipping is such a like in his eyes like that's the end goal like i'm assuming he's in the stance of oh this is a reptilian tactic and to clarify we of course do not hold this to be true at all there are no microchips inside of your vaccines please get a vaccine i just got my second one um tired as shit but i'm okay guys you're gonna be fine you can and if the government the government already would have microchipped us guys if they wanted to at birth anyway i'm sorry Uh, let's (laughs) (laughs) they they could microchip you at any moment they don't need a vaccine to do it it's not like when i got my tetanus shot they didn't have the opportunity is all i'm saying (laughs) right yeah or all of our shots when we when we're little that's right so not that a microchip could really go in a vaccine anyhow in my opinion or survive in the body but anyhow no, we, we don't yeah. have the technology, but that's neither here nor there. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly then. So, why did you like the reptilian theory? Um. Okay. So, I think this is where I should say that in my head, I can still separate reptilian conspiracy theory from Ike's reptilian conspiracy theory because I still think that there is like <laughs> there are differences that are like able to be there where it doesn't have to be so detrimental in certain ways um, or problematic in certain ways, because like at its core to me, I think the, the part about the reptilian conspiracy theory, that's like so interesting or really, you know, any conspiracy theory that has to do with the government is because it is in a way of reflection or projection of 
how the masses tend to feel about the government or like insecurities with the government, feeling like the government isn't listening or is holding out information. Like, I, I think that's a big thing with any alien conspiracy theory in general. So to me, that's like the part that I think is appealing and that I think is, you know, interesting slash entertaining slash take it with a grain of salt. But I think it does still it's still like it's an allegory kind of. You know? So it's what I when I said I found Kathy O'Brien's story to be compelling as an allegory. That, that's essentially yeah. what you're saying because it's getting exactly. you to think for yourself and question the powers that be, and you know the things she had to say about politicians being violent and the media being yeah. indoctrinating us. I mean these these are true aspects of what it's like to be human. Because like don't get me wrong, like I see big pharma as also dangerous. I. You know, I'm someone that is daily medicated and I still can recognize it being a huge problem, like especially, you know, in America. The opioid crisis was definitely encouraged by Purdue Pharma, for sure. Right. Like there, there is so many, you know, war on drugs, like we get a whole thing on that and how it was this whole, you know, half planted thing. Like, Like there are like definitely like real issues that aren't conspiracy. You know, so reptilian so, to you is kind of a fun way of getting into this critique of power. Yeah, yeah, and and also I also think the connection to like how people connect it to Gnosticism to me is just really interesting as someone that you know you and I just like reading that kind of shit. Like we think that's really interesting, even from a historical perspective. So I, in that way, I also think it's interesting in how. Like a lot of religions that, you know, there's this course of like over history, people adding to the theory and, you know, oh, this thing from history, let's add it to that. Like, I think that's interesting because it's, it's like lore building. It's like, <laughs> like building a world kind of in a way. But when it gets too serious, that's when it's a problem. And I think that's more of what we're seeing in like 2021. Uh, yeah, I mean, when, as you describe it to me, and, you know, I went through this very simple list of things, but, you know, when you talk about it, it, it starts to feel a little bit like secret doctrine or something, you know, where there are these complexities and, you know, the tiny details can be unpacked into all these, uh, you know, this follows, this follows that. It's it's compelling in that way. It's a good story. It is. It's also in, entirely maddening, I will say. Like, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> Like there were points where, you know, I you get so frustrated reading some of this that you have to like sit and, you know, remember it's just a man, a white man with a privileged platform. <laughs> he was a sportscaster, right, David Icke, before he... He was. He was a soccer player, he, football player. Um, one of my biggest problems with him is that he uh, likes to play the victim. <laughs> to be totally honest, he like all through his book, it's just nobody believed me. Everyone hated me, blah, blah, blah. Everyone thought I was crazy. And it's like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen when you write oh, an 800 page book about everything we need to know about the world? Like, I, <laughs> he intentionally I, put himself in that position, you mean? Kind of, yes. Like, I don't know. It, I, yeah. I don't know. He really like I I think maybe like unless you really read his writing, you don't really like totally get this sense, but I think even when you watch interviews you can a little bit, but he's just to me it's just it's the narcissism for me. It's the narcissism. So I, that he stirred this up and now he wants to, you know, play the victim as opposed to stirring this up and saying, "I know you people think I'm crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but I believe this anyway." 
you can't think that you're some enlightened, like, way past everyone else, like, on this world kind of figure and then also play the victim. Like, mm-hmm. like Jesus didn't play the victim. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to bring it there, but, like, because he bash. Like, well, I don't want to say he bashes religion. He doesn't bash it. He just... It's another tool of the reptilians, I'm guessing. It is. Well, so he he uses the whole Gnostic Demiurge thing, and um, he basically uses it to say that, like, oh, all these religions that think they're praising God right now aren't praising God. They're actually praising the Demiurge or this, like, dark negative force. So... In that way, and then like he has a whole thing about the Old Testament being hacked, and like, in that like, do you get what I mean when it's like that kind of thing? It's like borderline. Okay, it's one thing you're gonna take from things, but now you're it feels it makes condescending. Me feel icky. It makes me feel icky. I don't I don't know how to put it. It's very so he's both he, stealing from these traditions and mocking them. Is that what you mean? Uh, I don't want to say he's mocking them. Well, sometimes I think he is a little bit, maybe not mocking. Mocking's not the right word. It's just there's a lot of entitlement, I feel like, that comes with him (laughs) writing. Like, like, okay, he literally does so much assuming about Gnosticism and, like, the Cathars, like, that no history professor I've ever had would do. (laughs) You, you you know, like, how, like, in history, everyone's like, oh, the Cathars, like, because of, you know, how documents are, we don't really know a whole lot. And Well, the Cathars are meant to be an inheritor of the Gnostic tradition right. in many ways. And, you know, we, we, had, we I know we have an entire episode on that, but, you know, the basic idea is that creation, from a Nike standpoint, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say from a Nike standpoint, the creation, what we understand is the created world has actually been created by... You're, you're saying Demiurge, but, you know, we could say like a demonic figure, a Lucifer, and that yeah. that character, that figure is separate from God. God is higher. God is spirit. Lucifer is matter, and there is a creator, evil creator of the world, and we have to get past that evil creator who's created, you know, stuff, all the things we know, in order to connect with the higher God, which is a God of pure spirit. So I, I think Ike... He doesn't straight up say this, I don't think, but I think he is kind of arguing that that there is no benevolent God. There is no, like, what we think of, like we were saying, like, so, like I said, like, the Demiurge is at the top of the chain. So, from Gnosticism, he really latches on to, like, the Demiurge. He he latches on to a lot of things, like, the whole, like... So there's no real Gnosticism, uh, there's no... There's no ascension, there's, there's no knowledge, there's no transcending. Uh, no. Well, so we're, so there's not even in hell. Like, Ike thinks we're in hell right now. Like, this level, uh, I think this goes back to, like, the dimensions. He also calls them levels, I think. This of the level, alternate universes. I think, I think, yes. I think that's the same thing. But we're all like, sort of eating each other as you climb. So to climb out of this level would just be to eat the level below you, right? I really don't know. We'll control them anyway. We're all controlling like, each other in a chain. We're at the bottom of the chain. So he he literally take he like he traces the demi urge. Like he says, like so he has this whole thing with like light and like the bringer of light, much like Satan. And this idea of light being 
uh, the sign of like the Demiurge, which he does take from Gnosticism, but he kind of twists it. You can go to our episodes on that. But he basically says that, you know, when, you know, God created light, at you know, seven days, you know, God created light. Uh, so that was actually just the Demiurge creating the original like simulated matrix. So he think like Ike says that the Old Testament was literally fucking hacked and they basically that's why like he says like in the Old Testament God is they try to pass him off as like a benevolent God but he's a lot more harsh than he is in like the New Testament. So he says like it was an attempt to cover that up essentially. So when you say it was hacked you mean the reptilians got involved in the rewriting or editing of the Old Testament to paint this you know, portrait. I then we get into a whole thing where I think he kind of has a thing against like the to, see this is where it gets weird because he takes history like of like the Roman church and then he like mixes it with other shit and it, I can only tell even sometimes that it's like slightly off just like slightly and that's really just because of being in school and like taking history classes so so it's all very close to history but with a slight twist because the sort Bible, yes. the Old Testament, I guess, would be, you know, God does rage and send angels of death and what have you and plagues. That that all would be, be accurate of a evil demiurge, however. Right. I guess he's saying it was even more, it was edited. So that's the okay. edited Okay, that's version. the edited. I think is what have. he's saying, like, which is why there is that difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament in the tone of God, I guess, is what he's saying. I mean, it's not totally unique in that. You know, a lot of UFO religions no. do this. They rewrite the Old Testament. Um, but, you know, the Raelians, for example, say that, you know, God, the original Adam and Eve and God, I mean, this is all act actually extraterrestrial. So he's not the first or the last to get into this. Right. But then he, he basically uses that as a way to say, like, every religion is fucked and is just an organization meant to enslave you it just is another thing that adds to the phantom self essentially okay fair enough so i, I want to clarify here while we're <clears throat> we'll take just a quick moment while we're saying that you like to interpret ike as allegory ike himself believes oh. everything he's saying is quite literal 100 percent would die on that mountain he Yes. <laughs> I mean, the same problem I have with Kathy O'Brien. She, I don't think she would like my reading, although it's probably the most generous reading of her work that anyone's ever accomplished. Um, yeah. Likely, I could probably feel the same. He, and I think people have tried to read him as allegory. This gets me just quickly before we get into what's wrong with Ike, um, although you're really already doing that, but it gets me to the anti-Semitism, which I think oh, is boy. complicated. Because part of the argument, as far as I understand it, on anti-Semitism is that the image of the reptilian is meant to stand in for the Jew, as you know, the sort of distorted image. However, Ike doesn't mean for us to interpret the reptilian as an allegory for Jews. He means us to literally understand that there are reptilian people and that many of them are not Jews. Bill Clinton, Katy Perry, you know on and on. Mm -hmm. So I find the anti-Semitism angle complicated. It's not nearly as obvious as I would say in like someone like Nesta Helen Webster, who literally invokes the protocols without apology. No, for sure. And yes, if we're going to go to racism, <laughs> let's go to racism. Okay. So yeah. Um, so where else can we head in the, on this subject? Well, 
because I, I do want to like I want to reiterate that that I do not care. I do not care what Ike says. I do not care how many times he shouts it to the sky, writes it in a book, says it in an interview. He can says that he is not anti-Semitic all he wants, but he is like he inherently is. He like mm, and, and you're right. Like it's like on the surface at first you like kind of have to search for it. But then like as you're reading it's this like it, it really it's like when it gets to like the whole zionism thing and then the rothschild family he like latches into the rothschild family and like that is like that is like really where i think like a shit ton of the like anti-semitic like nature like that's where a lot of it really lies so to, and, for for everybody listening the rothschilds are uh, were are jewish banking family who have mm-hmm. been hallmarks of the conspiracy scene, particularly the Illuminati conspiracy legend for a hundred plus years. The, well, maybe not a hundred years, but close. Yeah, I might be right. I might be right that it's a hundred nah, years. It's 2021. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's been a hundred years that the Rothschilds have figured centrally in any scheme uh, that's generally attributed to the Illuminati. And that, that goes back to Nesta Helen Webster, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, so anyway, go ahead. Well, it just, he, you know, he links it to this whole, well, he has this whole thing where he says, like, the Rothschild family is, like, populating the whole earth because they just use sperm banks, like, they just flood sperm banks, no pun intended, and uh, they also, it's like this whole, like, controlling the world financial system conspiracy nonsense that, like, it's just, it's like another reason that, like, Ike just doesn't understand history. Like, uh, like he can sit there and say he's not anti-Semitic, but then when he is like, oh, the Rothschild family and, oh, the world banking system. And, do you know what I'm saying? So he's like, saying that they're polluting the race with their reptilian sperm? Yeah, I think that they're part of the whole thing. And they're I, controlling the finances of the world, which is a, an anti-Semitic trope from the protocols and on. Right. But it's like, again, it's just... So Ike loves to bash like history, like or not not history. He loves to bash teachers and educators. He is like super against education, like public education. He thinks everyone should be homeschooled. Uh, it's it's very like <laughs> he like clearly doesn't understand like one how researching history and first and secondhand sources like goes, and then also well he doesn't understand how like the education system in America works clearly because. Teachers don't just get to pick what they want to teach about. There's plenty of people in America right now that are fighting to just have black history classes in school. Uh, He paints this picture that just like, I get it kind of, but like it's not. So then he like uses this to then say that all of history is fake and that we're being taught fake history and that, but then he's. I mean, this is also hmm, a common feature of politics. I mean, there's the argument right now in this country is whether there's a conservative history or there's a liberal history. In the liberal history, um, foregrounds things like slavery, I guess, in ways that a conservative history chooses not to. So these lenses are part of the culture wars in, in the U.S. So it makes it's a point well taken, I guess, that edu- education is not neutral, I guess. You know what I mean? It's biased. Right. But it's not like he, he to sit there and be like, 
everything is fake history. It's like- It was a step too far, yeah. There was such a person as George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. They existed. They did things. Right. Plus, if everything's fake history, then just take all your Gnostic shit out. Take all of the things, literally take half of his book out because (laughs) he can't use history and then also say we're being taught fake history because then what do you know about history then? He gets caught in paradoxes, I see. Yeah. Right. But then, so (laughs) while we're talking about racism, because- he literally, literally, I should have probably said this earlier to like start with it, but he literally, because of this whole idea of like, like I was talking earlier about like society being funded, like founded on this idea of everything being physical and tangible and solid and touch and, you know, all that shit. That, it, that delusion comes from, you know, what like, Basically, like, the perceptions that are, like, projected of, like, politics, medicine, and, like, media, science, corporations, like, everything, everything, you know. He basically says that <laughs> that, like, lack of solidity, he, he literally, I would like to quote him here, says, makes that racism deal look a bit ridiculous, eh? He literally uses, <laughs> do you get what I'm getting at? So what he's saying is that because the material world is an illusion that we should ever get wound up over our skin color is ridiculous. Yes, that that is definitely part of it. I, because it, it comes back into this, the phantom self, the like self-identity, uh, it being the reason like we're all miserable. So like, you know, everything that you think makes up you and your identity, like, that's what's wrong with you and everyone else around you. And like, I just have like a really big issue with this because I, I to me, when I was reading this, it, it just is like such a dangerous game because to me, it's like, well, that just sounds like you're erasing culture. Like you're erasing like all these good things that are individual traits about different cultures and races and it, it, groups of people even. And it just creates this like weird lack of identity that I don't, like, I get from his perspective why, but, like, on a greater picture, I don't understand what that adds to life. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? So it's a kind of, like, Maoist communist world where everything is evened out, everybody wears the same outfit, we don't have, we try to yeah, erase but then, difference. But then he doesn't, you know, but then he's like, oh, but everyone's, you know, working to be these, these cyborgs, we're all working to be less human because of the reptilians. So to me, I'm those two things... They contradict each other. We should be working to be less human or we should be resisting the cyborgification of us? Well, he's saying we should be resisting that, but that's where the world is going because of the reptilians. Like, that's their ultimate plan is to connect us into the AI system, you know, all that shit, which creates, like, we become less human. But to me, that contradicts... To me, like the way that we should fight that <laughs> is to remain individual and to it, to grab on to these things that we see as self identity. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. So if we are all cyborgified, theoretically, we become the same. But he's also I, saying we yeah, should try to be the same, or we should try That's, to erase our diff- our ego, try to transcend th- the ego. This is where I just see to me that contradicts maybe someone else could argue that it doesn't but i understand it does seem like they're basically speaking to the same thing that if we did not do anything to transcend our ego eventually the reptilians would just do it for us so why would we bother yeah i guess that's kind of 
And that's where I kind of land a lot with Ike is, okay, I get it, but why? <laughs> it's like kind of like where I kind of land with him a lot. But um, I could – I literally have uh, an entire slide here that's more problematic things about Ike if you want. Let's just do the list. Go for it. Um, so uh, here's a quote uh, from an interview. Uh Political correctness is simply a scam to get the target population to silence itself so that the cabal behind it doesn't have to. So it's a conservative ideology that he's espousing. Uh, yeah, but he would also not like that, I think, if you it sounds gave very any kind of label. Right, For sure, yeah. and it's going to get worse. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I think he says that about political correctness because he's mad that YouTube and Facebook banned him, but that's just me. So this is a very recent statement. Uh, yeah, this interview, so I got a couple of things on this slide, or a couple of quotes and shit from an interview I found. Um, I'll give you the link or whatever. It's not, like, it's on someone's, like, deep conspiracy blog. Do you like, think that not... there's two different Ikes? Is there a 90s Ike and a 2020s Ike? Kathy O'Brien, I think, was a bit cooler in the 90s than she became after she discovered that Q was using so much of her stuff, and she sort of latched on to them but before that she was very um neutral as far as politics are concerned so my book actually has like an addendum that he wrote like is that the right word yeah i just use that word it's pretty it's pretty good good for me um (laughs) sorry i so he has he added basically i guess so i i have to check and see what version like what year the book that i have was published but it must have been before oh it must have been 2018 but he like trump had just been going on about fake news because he talks he added this whole thing about that but so he definitely like this isn't like 90s ike like this is definitely and even this interview he talks about uh he talked about like he got questioned about being uh basically like being in an anti-male culture for a lack of a better word and he believes we are an anti-male culture yeah i'm gonna get in okay go ahead go ahead (laughs) um so here i'm gonna touch on uh what i mentioned earlier as the transgender agenda uh i just you know i guess we should have put a trigger warning for everything kind of low-key i don't know what kind of warning but just you might be triggered by anything well now we're getting Um, into some specific triggering things right yeah but this in particular take this with a grain of salt you know, occult people, it, it's it's okay. Like, we don't believe this. You know that. We're all good. Um, so the transgender agenda is, so I have a quote from him. Basically, the race is on to create a completely different human body, a synthetic version of the biological one, and this all locks into the AI agenda. So he, he basically, he says that the young are being targeted by this. So he thinks that like in our culture, in our super liberal culture is what he says, that being transgender is being forced on the youth, essentially. I think he says this because like we're in such a more accepting society, I guess. And we're like, it's okay to be transgender. I think he takes this as like, it's being shoved on the youth, like by the reptilians to to then do this because that then takes the next step to what he says is a human that can't procreate naturally is what he says, which we could argue also that so many things with that. But he basically says that it's a technologically produced 
human is what's going to be the next step. And then that's going to slowly become more and more of like a cyborg, not human, microchipped, plugged into the AI system, reptilian overlord's goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll do a point for and a point against. In a way, his point is taken in that th- theoretically, you know, when we think about gender theory, there it's not just your individual choice that's different, but I, theor- in, in theory, I should rethink my own sexuality in light of the fact that all sexuality is a spectrum. So everyone's a little bit gay. Everyone's a little, you know, no, there are no pure men or pure women. Gender, it's a spectrum. Everything's a spectrum. So, well, he's not in agreement with you there. <laughs> but, but I mean, if he's saying that's but wrong, yeah. then, you know, that's the theory that we're, you know, quote unquote, foisting on the youth that is distorting their brains rather than liberating them. We tend to think of this as a liberating ideology, you and I, but uh, you, mm-hmm. you can simply flip the coin. Um, and of course, I think you were alluding to this, but I'll say literally transgender people can and do often have children so right but i think he even sees that as not natural do you know to me there's also like where's the line between natural and technological birth because to me like you say technological birth to me that doesn't even sound like artificial insemination like that's not because that's still a birth do you know what i mean like person at the end of the day is perfectly natural in all ways yeah right so i guess it's a far-reaching goal this ai system thing but Mm -hmm. he thinks that this the whole transgender agenda, you know, quote unquote, is like that. Here's my problem, too, is basically he he in this interview, he goes on about uh, how we're in an anti-white male, white straight male culture, essentially, uh, which cry me a river, Ike. Also, he then like when it's convenient for him, I have it quoted as him saying, well, what is gender? Basically, when he was basically faced with like, you're a white male. And then he goes, well, what's gender? Because to him, he's not pro-non-binary. He doesn't get that. He's pro-binary. We're all going to... I think he thinks binary is in, like, computers. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like he, We're all ones and zeros. Like, he wants us to be that, which then I'm like, what's that? That's a label, right? It seemed to go against the transcendence of ego to try to fix on our gender, right? Yeah. I See, this is where I then just... I'm just floating and I don't really, I don't have anything to hold on to, Ike. I, I don't understand. <laughs> Via negativa, um, you're, you're being liberated. Right. Um, he also, at one point in the same interview, literally defended toxic masculinity by saying um, that it's basically a fabricated thing, like the, you know, liberal fabricated idea um, and that, you know, it doesn't exist and that men should be that way because, quote, we don't want any more weak feminized males. But that also would be essentializing their gender, which is against dude, the ego I, transcendence, right? Dude, I don't know. Like, this is where it's like, what the f- And then here again, he's totally anti-immigration, which also, you know... He's an old British white man. I, yeah. I love our British people, but like... They know, they know. You know? And so he is anti-immigration because apparently this is going to eventually lead to like a one world, one government situation that then becomes like Ike's microchipped population, you know, AI connection system theory. So, 
he's anti-immigration because of that. <laughs> well, the irony there would be, you know, he takes so much inspiration from Blavatsky, whether or not he acknowledges it. Blavatsky saw that as um, the transcendence of the race, the merging of races and, um, you know, America, she thought, was the, the great future of the world right. because of our blending of, of races sexually and genetically and all that. I don't know. To, like, that's a, it's like a, almost a little bit different, right, than what... Well, Blavatsky's I mean, on maybe board. I know this. She wants right. that. So, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that makes what she's saying makes a lot more sense. But uh, do we think, though, that maybe what Ike has done is identify who his audience is and started to play to them? You know, I've wondered that. I see, I wonder who his audience is now. Because I don't, I. Like, is he as big as he used to be? Like, I don't think he makes headlines like he did during the turquoise period. Yeah, I mean, because like, like I said, like he's banned on shit. I, well, he does have a podcast, though. I do know that. Oh. He has a podcast, <laughs> but it's on his website because he plugged it in the interview I was reading. I think so, you can yeah. sneak this kind of stuff past Google. Uh, they don't tend to, because it's tough to screen podcasts. I mean, we put out hours of content, right? Yeah, I mean, Alex Jones has something that he, it's, he has a platform yeah. of some kind. Podcasts right? can be podcast. sneaky. Podcasts can yeah. be very sneaky. Uh, but yeah. but you think the audience has shifted maybe? Or, I mean, I guess that's what I'm asking. There, there was a time maybe when he was a new age sort of character. I mean, maybe when you were getting into him where he was identified with maybe more lefty kind of people who are thinking outside the box, occulty kind of types. But now it feels like yeah. he's more alt-right. Q, Q in a way has subsumed everything. Yeah, I, and it's so weird because he, again, he won't he won't label himself as anything as far as I can tell, and he's so anti-government, but then, I don't know, maybe he's more of a libertarian than anything. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that technically, what, Q is complex in that way because Q believes that certain government officials, Trump, for example, could clean up the government, so. To me, like, I think my, like, ultimate, like, where I landed especially as I was just sitting last night, just like thinking about all this was because in my head. So Ike has like, you know, this whole he uses the idea of the reptilians and like the illusionary tactics to, you know, make people think that they're, you know, worshiping like God, you know, for example, but they're really worshiping the demiurge and that, you know, like these aliens and planting themselves and making us think that our reality is one thing when it's not. And that's how they have power. To me, Ike is the perfect freaking person to be one of the reptilians. Do you know what I mean? Like he is exactly what he describes because he was a famous sportscaster person before he was like all famous for conspiracies. He like came out with that shit because he had attention on him. He had people who liked him. He had fans. He had a platform. So what if he is just another one of the reptilians and he's just literally implanted himself to create chaos and frenzy and you know, he's just he's just another one of the psychic vampires. I always feel so. that way about the Antichrist, people who say that there's an Antichrist who have a platform, you know, someone like Johnny Todd or through history, all sorts of folks have said, this person's the Antichrist. How do we know you're not the Antichrist because the Antichrist is meant to mislead, mislead us, right? Right. So I'm just like, that's where I am, I guess, with that. Well, if you're feeling comfortable, Olivia, bring us on home. I hereby adjourn and declare close this meeting the secret order of alchemical actors till such time as we get together and do it again. It's just us today, just the two of us. Just Rob. the two. Can I? I always want to do that. God damn it. <laughs> I think you can do like 30 seconds yeah. before ASCAP comes after us. Yeah, you're right. 
I am Rob C. Thompson, the Supreme Hierophant of the Order of Alchemical Actors, and Olivia Litterall is our Grandmaster. It's been real. We will catch you next time. Olivia will be here with a flipped episode, a little bit less personal tale of the ghost of Hammersmith. I think it'll be more fun, or at least less high stakes. Can lighten the mood. We <laughs> yeah. can lighten the mood again. We like to balance. Right. <laughs> All right. Catch us next time here on Occult Confessions. Bye.